Get ready to rumble. Shilling Show Unleashed on the Seven Thunders Media Network. Former city councilor, husband, father, and community watchdog. Your host, Rob Schilling. Welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. We appreciate your support. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast welcomes Charles Chris Meyer Esquire, a founder and president of Save America, a radio host, a former attorney and educator, and author of the new book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. And Chuck Chrismeyer, welcome to The Shilling Show Unleashed. Well, Rob, it's great to be on board with you and your listeners. I look around and I see a lost world, and I think the, the main reason is that we've become detached from the Creator, and I'd like to start there. Is that what you see as well? Oh, there's no question about it. There's an intentionality about it to uh, sever ourselves from the creator so that uh, we ourselves become our own creator or self-creator and therefore also become our own Messiah. So how do we get here? There must be a path that's instructive to people listening. Well, there is a path. And uh, as I said, uh, it begins perhaps uh, inadvertently uh, drifting away. On the other hand, within America, we can trace some of this uh, trajectory by going back, for instance, to 1947 with a Supreme Court decision that declared the separation between church and state, which was not even in the Constitution, uh, but it was created out of whole cloth by godless representatives there in the United States uh, Supreme Court. Then in 1960, 61, 62, we have the series of uh, decisions removal of uh, prayer from the public schools, removal of the Bible from the public schools. And so, therefore, the focus of America's children was gradually directed away from the Creator, away from uh, the Bible as authority in the life uh, and times of the American people. Then, by 1982, the Ten Commandments were stricken by the uh, Supreme Court, So you can watch this trajectory uh, in terms of the application of law or the creation of of law out of whole cloth. And so that set the stage, set the the tone for the massive drift away. So then we find also this problem with authority. In the 1960s, we had the uh, not only the sexual revolution, but it was a complete revolution against authority in the United States and throughout the Western world. When you have a complete rebellion against authority, that ultimately translates into a rebellion against God's authority. You put all these things together, and it does not take a Philadelphia lawyer, so to speak, or a rocket scientist to figure out uh, what has happened over the past two to three generations. I witnessed that uh, even in the public schools as I was a school teacher for nine years in Southern California before I began to practice law. During that period of time from 1967 to 1975, 
we witnessed actually the intentionality within the education system to remove not only God's authority, but parental authority from the life and times of the American people. So what we're seeing today in terms of political leadership, Rob, is a, you could say, almost a direct line of eradication of God's authority, biblical authority, and parental authority uh, from the life and times of the people. That puts us in a very, very difficult position because, as you know, uh, nature abhors a vacuum, Mm. and that vacuum is going to be filled. The question is, who or what is going to fill that vacuum? So, Chuck, you've given me a flashback to my childhood driving around Southern California and seeing bumper stickers that said question authority, and I was a small child. I didn't really get that, but I'm sure you remember them. But the question is, uh, this was obviously a cultural movement. Where was the church? Well, uh, here's the interesting thing about that. The church followed the trajectory of the society. If you went back to Southern California, Pasadena, where I practice law, you would find that the church growth movement began there. Now, what was the church growth movement about? It was about growing churches instead of growing disciples. People were not being taught to obey God, which is discipleship. They were being led to build churches. Well, Jesus said, I'll build my church. You make disciples. We decided to make dis- uh, build churches and not make disciples. So the Church growth movement was all about building big churches, but not building strong believers. Then came the next iteration of that in the 1990s called the seeker-sensitive movement. The seeker-sensitive movement was like the church growth movement on steroids, Mm. except now the whole catering of the church gathered was to try to gather unbelievers into the church while leaving the believers starved for discipleship. How do you do that? You have to reduce the requirements that God has set forth in order to try to seduce or lure these other folk into the so-called church. Well, then came the emerging church movement, uh, which is the current iteration of that, and all of these were progressive developments that took us away from the authority of God and his word, even the total respect for God. And so that had to be replaced by something else. Well, guess what? The faith once delivered to the saints was replaced by feelings. Feelings now have become the Lord. And that means that every single person, whether you realize it or not, you have been seduced into believing that you are your own Messiah. You are your own Messiah because your feelings are your Lord. So we have this confusion going on, and and I'll bring it right up to the present where we have a congressional candidate right here in Virginia's 5th District who uh, prefaces his name with the word pastor and then goes on to tell us about how he supports abortion and, and what a good thing this is and we have to protect it. So I guess not only has the church become confused, but the world has become confused as to what the church really means. Well, that is exactly right. So uh, it's no wonder that uh, the, we'll, we'll call it the church in general. Yes. Uh, that the church in general, including our pastors, have gradually shifted away 
from teaching and preaching obedience to God in his word. In other words, authority that God is God and there is none other to actually catering to the feelings of the people. So this is a, this has taken place uh, over the past, well, since the early 1970s. And uh, so now we're at a place where the only way that you can recover, people ask me this all the time, how can we possibly go back and recover uh, what we have lost? There's only one way that that can happen. And that is for pastors and parachurch leaders and broadcasters such as you and I and so on to begin to go back and restore God is God. He's the creator. He has the, the uh, authority to uh, guide our lives, to tell us how, to, how we should live, to please him, and that we might be uh, prosperous and have good success. Well, can you imagine now pastors and parachurch leaders and so on that have become addicted to the the lordship of feelings through their parishioners reversing that no they realize it's going to cost them too much my wife and i had a situation in california with a pastor a very wonderful man by the way we respected this guy uh, just just a wonderful man and we sat down with him one time and said, why don't you teach and preach about this particular thing in your congregation? And here was his answer. He said, if I do that, then I will lose my pastorate, my people and my denomination will uh, remove me, and then I'll lose my retirement, so I can't Mm. preach on that. You get the message? Loud and clear. Chuck, so all of this kind of leads into... The uh, the deprecation of the church in our society leads into the possibility of a new world order, and uh, we we certainly heard that term uh, repeated a lot over the past couple of decades. What is behind it, and who is behind this push for a new world order? Great question, and that's a good segue, by the way, because again, nature abhors a vacuum, and so if you have gradually over a period of time removed the God of creation from your life, from the authority in your life, then it's going to be replaced by something else. And so that something else now is the move that's been going on since 1950 at least, when uh, James Paul Warburg appeared before the United States Senate and declared we will have a one world order whether you like it or not. Mm. You'll either agree to it or it's gonna be taken by force. That's what he said in 1990. Our president, George Herbert Walker Bush, declared for the first time a new world order. It was the first time an American president had ever declared that, and over 200 times during his administration, he declared that. His own son, George W. Bush, is a consummate globalist. And so what we're finding is this trajectory of people who have gradually abandoned the authority of God and his word, and are seeking to amalgamate the nations of the world in a new kind of governmental orientation away from the authority of God and his word to the absolute and total authority of man's government. This is the reason why in our generation right now, we can witness it, the complete, Rob, complete attack 
on every honest, worthy memory within our own nation of our own heritage, that which has made America great, that's being resisted. It's being taught in our schools. Don't look at the positive side. This is all negative. Why? Because the American people, starting with our young people, have to be taught and seduced into denigrating their own country so that we can be more easily assimilatable into this new world global order. Now you perhaps can understand why the immense attack against uh, Donald Trump, it had almost nothing to do with his, tr- with his tweets. It had everything to do with the fact he said, we're going to make America great. In other words, I'm elected a president of America, and we're going to focus on our country. The globalists said, no way, no how. We're right on the edge of moving this whole world into the long-anticipated one-world order, and we're not going to let you do that. That's what it's all about. So then you have uh, Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, who's calling for the Great Reset to be completed by 2030. You have the United Nations with their agenda set to uh, accomplish this new world order by 2030. You even have three popes in a row who have called for this new world global order. So this is the movement. And if you can understand what's really happening, you will understand how the world in its general attitude is at war against the God of creation and is creating their own sense or expectation of a deliverer. That will usher in this infamous figure that the Bible calls the Antichrist, who is the incarnation, so to speak, of every satanic contra-to-God idea that will lay the foundation to fill up the gap, the expectation of the people for somebody to come in and be our savior, somebody to come in and be and solve all the problems of the world and make us feel better. And that's what he'll cater to, our feelings, not faith, but feelings. So we will cast our trust from God to government. And the net result of that will be terrifying, utterly terrifying. In the midst of all of that, there is one who is the real Messiah, and he's coming after that. And so my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, helps the reader to understand the uh, competitors that are out there. They're vast. There are many, many competitors out there in terms of belief systems that are all setting up their own, shall we say, counterfeit messiahs. And when you boil it all down, you become the messiah. You become the great I am. That is exactly what Satan declared to God that he was going to do. I will become like the most high God. I will rule and reign from the temple mount. But he has to do that through humankind because God gave dominion to humankind of the earth. That's what's happening. That's the trajectory. And these are very dangerous times. And people need to be warned about what's taking place. The Shilling Show Unleashed podcast with Chuck Chrismeyer continues in a moment. Join the revolution.
online at shillingshow.com. Borderhawk.news is a one-stop shop with the latest news about immigration, nationalism, and globalism. The Borderhawk staff daily curates immigration news stories and, in the fashion of the Drudge Report, updates the site with cutting-edge content and original first-class commentary. Borderhawk.news highlights national and international media reports, tweets and nuggets buried in local news blurbs, polls, video clips, and policy research. Borderhawk is pro-legal immigration, pro-rule of law, but against an unsecure border as countless Americans have suffered violence at the hands of criminal illegal aliens. And an increasing number of Americans are concerned about how mass migration affects their daily life. Borderhawk.news will remain on the forefront of the immigration issue with a buffet of info to read, evaluate, and share. Bookmark Borderhawk.news. Add them on social media at Borderhawknews on Twitter. Get your fix online at shillingshow.com. Our guest is Chuck Chris Meyer. The new book is Messiah Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages here on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. You mentioned these kind of false gods or these things that will be deceptive and leading people down the road here. I want to start by talking about the environment because environmentalism, uh, the worship of creation instead of the creator is becoming a phenomenon across the world. No question about it, Rob. The interesting thing is that we all have some kind of care for the environment. We breathe. uh, We want air and water that's good and clean. We want to be able to live. But what's happening is the elevation of environment to a level of divinity, the worshiping of the environment. The net effect of that is that globalism now, the global movement, has decided to co-opt environmentalism, notice it's an ism, Mm -hmm. it's a belief system, to co-opt that to serve the goal or the agenda to unite the peoples of the world, contrary to being united in the fear of the Lord. They want to, to unite the people in the fear of environmental destruction. They're manipulating the people. It's not scientific. They're using science to manipulate the people and seduce fear, terrifying fear, into the minds and hearts of the people. Isn't it interesting that Mikhail Gorbachev, the former president of the Soviet Union, at at its collapse, came to the United States and devoted the rest of his life at the Presidio in San Francisco to do one thing, and that is to unite the world in environmentalism. Do you know what he said? He said environmentalism is the cornerstone of the new world order, that is the new global order. It can't get any clearer than that. And uh, this is what's happening. Environmentalism is an ism. It's a belief system. It is a It's a system of belief that replaces trust in God who created the environment. And so we actually think the latest iteration of this is that our own president has come out just in the last week or so and declared, we're going to set up a a scientific program and we're going to reflect the light of the sun 
and the heat of the sun back into the sun and uh, the universe. What he's really saying is we are going to replace God. We are able to do what God is not able to do. And you can see the monstrous chutzpah or pride or arrogance that is situated in that kind of thinking. There's just absolutely no way that humankind can have that level of control over the environment. Chuck, I want to talk also about the merging of of biology with digital technology. This is another frightening aspect and really flying in the face of God's creation, trying to somehow manipulate uh, the human genome. Well, that's true. And it's not just in the area of biology. The entire scientific world through technology is moving into the deification of humankind. In other words, to pretend to be the creator, to supersede what the creator has done, and now we're going to recreate and make things even better than that. That's the idea. That's behind it all. And if you read, I have article after article after article in my files talking about how the real goal is to create self-salvation. In other words, to be your own Messiah. The humankind will be its own Messiah. We don't need God anymore. We've got technology. We've got the DNA. We have now deciphered the God figure in life, and now we're going to become God. Lest somebody think that I'm going too far in saying this, it was about 25 years ago, and I was uh, in a flight, uh, a layover uh, from California to uh, the East Coast. The flight got delayed, and I was in a Delta waiting area. Across from me was a gentleman. We engaged in conversation. He identified himself as an international engineer for the Sony Corporation. I thought that was interesting. So we chatted, and he was telling me about all the developments at that time, 25 years ago, all the developments that were taking place in technology. He said, it's coming a time when you're not even going to have a telephone instrument anymore. It's going to be implanted. Without even slowing down, he made this statement, and the time is coming when we will be God. That's what he declared. That is the trajectory of modern technology. And so great is that, believe it or not, these technocrats are seeking to develop systems that will actually create eternal life and will rule the universe as gods. It's unbelievable. It's all in my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. And uh, it shows there are 30 chapters in this book. Rob, that reveal all of these different kinds of belief systems that every single one of them has at its heart, at its root, the idea that you and I are becoming God, that we are going to be our own Messiah. We're going to be our own Savior. We're going to be our own Redeemer. And by the way, if there's a God out there, we don't need you anymore. They are dangerous times, and and for people who are listening to this who are not really sure where they stand with God or how they should approach 
the information that we're presenting here today, how do they find peace with what's going on and how do they find the truth about what's happening in the world around us? For one thing, when they read this book, they begin to find out how unbelievable humankind has arrogated itself to this kind of uh, chutzpah or pride that is beyond anything that previously human beings would have ever conceived. That's characteristic of our times, and it's all moving in through the spirit of globalism, which is ushering in a complete God-defying movement for the world. That having been said, somebody has to have a desire for truth. You can't receive truth with having, without having a heart for truth. You have to have a heart for truth. As you read this book, you will discover the proofs are so great. Remember, I was a trial attorney for 20 years, and evidence demands a verdict. It just demands a verdict. So the only way a person can avoid dealing with the claims of God in their life through Jesus Christ is to stand up in rebellion and say, I ain't going there. I'm going to be my own savior. I'm going to be my own redeemer. And I don't care what anybody says. That's what I'm going to do. So the humble of heart, those who are truly uh, yearning and desiring for, for truth, even though they may not fully comprehend the fullness of what we're sharing here today, there should be enough there even in what we have been saying, to say, you know what? There's something wrong with what's going on in our world. I realize it. I realize it deep in my spirit. I want to seek. I want to truly be a seeker of real truth, not just to satisfy my feelings, but to do that which is right and to put myself in a position of reconciling to the God of creation. That happens through Jesus Christ. It was the gift that God gave in the fullness of time to offer us a hope and a purpose. He's coming again. He came once 2,000 years ago to save us from our sin. He's coming again to judge the world in and for its sin. And in this moment of hiatus, 2,000 years, we are given the opportunity, Rob, to receive him in our own hearts and lives, and to embrace his salvation. That's what needs to happen, because he's coming again, and the world will soon know he's going to be preceded by a counterfeit Christ figure who will lead the world like a Pied Piper down a dangerous path. Initially, they're going to think that he is the wonder man of the world, the greatest thing since sliced bread, until he reveals who he really is as Satan's engine for destruction and walks into a rebuilt temple and declares himself God. He is the representative of the rest of the peoples of the world who themselves are declaring themselves God and becoming their own Messiah. What we're talking about, Rob, here is something so profound something so deeply reaching into the mind and heart of every human being everywhere. We have a choice. Today is the day to make that choice. Am I going to humble myself before God and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or 
Am I going to continue to resist and rebel and take the consequences? Such an important question. Chuck Chris Meyer, if people want to hear you online or uh, check out your archives of articles, if they want to get a copy of the book, Messiah Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, how can they do all those things? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, for one thing, I have a, a national radio program called Viewpoint, Confronting the Deepest Issues of America's Heart and Home. We've been on the air now, live, hour a day, live for 27 and a half mm-hmm. years. And our website is saveus.org, saveus.org. This book, Messiah, and all of my previous nine books are available there on that website, including the book Antichrist. I urge people to to listen to that program. If you listen for a week or two, your heart is going to be stirred like so many others and say, wow, where have I been? Why have I not been hearing this? So uh, thanks so much for the opportunity. Saveus.org is the website. People can listen to the program right there on that website. And I highly recommend it because I've had a chance to hear it and I enjoy it a lot. Chuck Chris Meyer, thank you for joining us today on the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Rob, a real blessing. Thank you. That concludes another edition of the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Visit us online at shillingshow.com where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time.